We open our Bibles to Psalm 71 this evening. We will look at just a few other verses in context, but the focus of our message this evening is verse 18. So I ask you to turn your attention with me to Psalm uh, 71, verse 18. This is one of my favorite psalms to sing, Psalm 73 as well. Um, We'll look at it together now. Uh, And I I will say, uh, the reason we're coming to this text and this topic tonight, something I heard um, on an interview uh, by a pastor, something they said uh, that I just really love what they said. And I almost just sent it to one of the elders, then both of the elders said, no, I, I think I want to bring it to the church, and not in, a, not in an e-devotion, but in a sermon. So I'll make you wait for it until the end. <laughs> but uh, that's the nature of why we're here this evening. I hope it to be a great encouragement to all of us, but especially those who have been serving the Lord for a long time here. Psalm 71, verse 18, hear now the word of the Lord. Now also... When I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Let me read that one more time. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. As I read this verse to you, notice there is that concern what, or that focus of what we saw in Psalm 92 of, of being in a, a part of your life that we would label as old age or gray hairs. Now, I'm not going to go around the room, but there's a number of gray head folks here, right? And uh, I've got some. Some of you shaking your head. Don't shake your head. There's nothing. We're going to see it's something to, to honor. I've got more and more... I've got less and less. I always joke, but a little bit on the size. But I'm noticing my beard's getting uh, quite a bit of frosting to it. And um, so that's kind of the, the general idea of what we're looking at tonight. But I want to look at you with something specific in it together. I'm thinking, though, it, draws, it, ma- it makes me recall Leviticus 19.32. I'm not going to turn there with you. But what it essentially tells us, and really young people, listen up, because it's actually telling you what to do. When someone comes into the room with gray hairs, you are to stand up at attention and essentially salute them, honor them. I'm convicted of how often I don't think to do that. I think the most important place to do is, such as the men's study, it comes to my mind. I, I think sometimes I just don't think to stand up and, hey, how you doing? You know, you t- I tend to stay seated. It's particularly a nice idea to just stand up and show attention to those with gray hairs. Those who are more towards uh, the last season, the last turn of the bend, so to speak, of serving the Lord. Actually, that verse even says that's a way of showing respect and fear to God. If we don't do that, it shows a lack of fear and respect to God. Proverbs 16, verse 31 says, The hoary head, or the, the gray head, is a crown of glory. Proverbs 20, verse 29. The beauty of old men is the gray head. It's spoken of as like a crown of glory, like a king. It's spoken of as as beauty on a man, of an old man. But of course, it's understood with the ladies as well. Having a gray head is mentioned in this verse, Psalm 71, 18. And it's mentioned as... 
a vulnerable expression, it seems to me, a vulnerable self-doubting of one's potential liability connected with old age. Notice this emphasis. I had gray haired and I'm old. And therefore, there's this, this request based on that consideration of oneself. It's as if there's a potential of being a has-been. The concern for such a believer is to not feel left behind by God. He says that I wouldn't be forsaken, but to still be actively serving and witnessing for the Lord in whatever capacity they are able to offer up. The heart of a Christian late in life is to desire to still be actively useful to the Lord with a lasting spiritual legacy. I give that to you as the main idea of our verse. The heart of a Christian late in life is to desire to still be actively useful to the Lord with a lasting spiritual legacy, with his presence with them. The the psalmist has known the Lord in this way since youth. Look at verse 6. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. And so he's speaking as someone that I've known you all my life. I've, I've known you as a covenant child all my life. And in my youth, I was able to serve you with all kinds of strength. But now that I'm old, I, I seek to still serve you. Lord. I, I don't have the ability to maybe serve you in some of the same ways. But on the other hand, I have other ways. And new experiences. I appreciate um, what uh, Dr. Talbot said. It, it, it comes to mind when we were at General Assembly. And he was preaching in a wheelchair. No, he was preaching in a chair. They had to literally help him sit down there. He's very weak. He, he's getting older. He's got lots of challenges. He had, I think, a sciatic nerve problem. He had had COVID. It was really tiring out. But he's looking to retire soon. He was just, he was, I mean, frankly, he did talk about it. It's no fun getting old. And, um, and yet he was, he was preaching with such fervor and such a concern uh, to serve. And then there was another minister, uh, and, and actually who I'm more recalling now was the message. And, and he had just had uh, some significant hormonal treatment for cancer. So much that he had to take his jacket off because he says he thinks it was making him feel very hot. He says, I never do this, but please forgive me. i got to take my jacket off. And he actually did mention I can have a better appreciation for women who go through such things, especially at certain times of life. And he wasn't being silly. He was, he was struggling, though. I'm seeing some nodding of heads by a number of ladies, I think, who have been there. Uh, probably partly because of the color of your head. It's, it's, it's beyond behind you now, but you've related to it. But he's talking about this, getting older in the ministry, struggling uh, with treatment for cancer, and he's preaching on, and I plan to bring this to you when we, when we get to this part of Philippians, um, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And he says, if you look at the context, it's about enduring and being content. It's it's not about some mountaintop thing or this or that. or you know, It's about, I, I, can, I can endure. I can keep on keeping on. And he talks about, for instance, what Paul is saying is, you have the strength to suffer cancer and then die for the Lord. 
That's the kind of strength God gives us to endure, to struggle, to wait, to praise him though he slay me. I thought that was quite powerful considering where uh, the context of where he was coming from. There is a purpose in praising the Lord. There's a purpose in serving the Lord every season of life. And sometimes those greatest difficulties, as we face more of them as we get towards those older years, those are times to particularly praise and serve him and give a witness. Give a witness. I've known you when I'm young, Lord. Please don't forget me now in my old age. Please let these moments matter He's concerned not to be passed by as youth has passed him by. Look at verse 9. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Uh, He says that same thing in verse 18. Forsake me not. Please don't leave me. He's asking, therefore, in verse 18, to still personally have purpose and impact for the kingdom, for Jesus, for the church, that would reach future generations. But he's aware of his limitations that come with older age. Beloved, in your golden years, this should always be your heart. And have it filled with Isaiah 46, verse 4. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to whore hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. And uh, I was reminded of a sermon a few years ago. That was based on an article for Place for Truth that I had written, Archibald Alexander, A.A. Hodge for short, uh, his five letters to the aged. And I I did kind of a review and summary of some things from those letters. It's five letters to the aged. You could go look for that article if you'd like to read it. I'm going to share some of it with you. I did share some of these things with you in the sermon then, but I think it bears repeating. And not to suggest in your old age you're going to forget them, but uh, because we need to be encouraged, and it's the same things we need to hear again and again. Well, if you'd let me, let me share a few things with you from a number of letters uh, called Letters to the Aged by A.A. A. Hodge. Uh, uh, his father was Charles Hodge, and um, his, he has a wonderful commentary of the Confession of Faith. I've read quite a bit of them, and it's still probably my favorite. He's writing himself as an aging minister. And he's writing to other saints in the church who are in his same experience and wrestling with that and trying to figure that out like like I think our psalm is doing. He says this first. The aged man may serve God as sincerely and fervently as any others. He can glorify God. If you don't mind my um, a little 
digression here it occurs to me, uh, as you know, I work for the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, and there's a man up in Washington State that is so zealous of trying to bring an event back to the West Coast, something like the uh, Philadelphia Conference on Reform Theology. He is so eager and so zealous. And uh, as we've written about it and talked on the phone, and, and I don't know how long it will take, COVID being something especially that uh, has caused delays and nuances to look through. And I just learned this week, actually, that he fell and broke his clavicles. Appreciate you playing for him. His name's Ron. But he's just so excited. And after I sent him a summary of things, he was so excited about this. And he's over 90. And he wasn't making light of his challenges. Still married. But this guy is trying to get an event on the West Coast for Reformed theology. He's just so excited about it. And my prayer is he'll get to see that happen and be part of it. I just think of him. The aged man may serve God as sincerely and fervently as any others. He can glorify God. I'm not so sure that many churches today are really recognizing this. Maybe a cause for this kind of self-reflection and concern about oneself. They can serve just as fervently. And we should be looking for them too. Recognizing how that may need to change and how it looks differently in some ways, but supporting it, encouraging it. Back to A.A. Hodge in his letters to the ages. He says this, My aged friends, permit me to counsel you not to give way to despondency and unprofitable repining. Trust in the divine promise. Quote, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13.5 which is what the psalmist says twice we've seen at least, don't forsake me. It's true for you just as much. Learn to live by faith, he says. No class of people need the supports of faith and hope more than the aged. Learn to live by faith. You're not done learning how to live by faith at this time. In some ways you have a whole new experience and frame of reference to learn to live by faith in new ways. And in so doing, you will praise God. And like others can't. And the, and the youth can't yet. Hodge also writes this and to the aged saints. And not only believe, but act. Your work is never ended while you are in the body. Now that may look different for everyone depending on bodily limitations and things that can happen. But you are not done serving the Lord. And uh, I, I don't mean to seem too crass, but are you dead? then you're not done. That's it. You're not done serving the Lord. It is a sad mistake, he also writes, it is a sad mistake for aged persons to relinquish their usual pursuits and resign everything into the hands of their children. Many have dated their distressing melancholy from such a false step. Lighten your burdens, but do not give up business or study or whatever you have been accustomed to pursue. Don't just start resigning everything to your kids. You still be involved in things. You still take a responsibility for yourself. doesn't mean you can't take help. By the way, I edited out the last part of that quote. Pretty intriguing. You might want to go back and read it. I'll send you a link if you want. It's very interesting what he says to do, I think, essentially with your wills. Hmm. But I'll move on. Uh, Another thing he says, as an aged man... 
I would say to my fellow pilgrims who are also in this advanced stage of the journey of life. Now, this is all in capitals. It's not Elder Renner. This is A.A. Hodge. (laughs) Endeavor to be useful. As long as you are continued upon earth. We are, it is true, subject to many peculiar infirmities, both of body and mind, to bear up under which requires much exertion and no small share of divine assistance. But still, we have some advantages not possessed by the young. If I can say that this way. We have some advantages not possessed by the young. I mostly pretending to be part of this, but I'm a little bit older than some now. He goes on to say, We have received important lessons from experience, which, if they have been rightly improved, are of inestimable value. Inestimable value. And by the way, I think when he says rightly improved, you can think about how we're told to improve our baptism. It doesn't mean that we're living perfect lives. We're not making mistakes, but we learn from our mistakes, which I think much of the Proverbs is Solomon saying, don't make the mistakes I've made. The book of divine providence, he says, which is in a great measure sealed to them, has been unfolded to us. Because we've been reading it a lot longer. <laughs> and we've been under the preaching of it a lot longer. And we might, you might have heard the preaching of one of the books. We've probably heard it more than once. And by more than one pastor. <laughs> got different perspectives. He says... Essentially, you got a lot to teach the youth. Uh, think about Titus 2, right? Elder women, uh, not necessarily gray hair, but training and teaching the younger. Um, now, he has an article in Councils of the Aged to the Young. So if you young people are thinking, oh, this is just for the older people tonight, eh, it very much applies to you. You ready for it? And uh, may it apply to you. May the Lord give you many years. But it applies to you right now. Councils of the aged to the young. He says, it is a matter of serious regret that young persons are commonly so little disposed to listen to the advice of the aged. You know, we kind of have that joke, they already think they know everything. And the proverb speaks about people who won't listen and won't take advice. It's another sermon. Young people, you have much to learn. Don't think that you don't. And where you have the most to learn is the folks with gray hair. I actually really appreciate it. If you don't mind me singling you out, I love that uh, Mrs. Maxwell has let the gray come out. I love it. I love it. And uh, I encourage my my lovely young wife. (laughs) She's noticing more and more. Oh, where'd that come from? Doink. You know, I said... Say, honey, just leave it in there. <laughs> it looks great. Remember what the scriptures say. Plus, it's a better match with me. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's a sign the Lord has given us years that he doesn't allow everyone. It's a sign the Lord has given us some experience. And we, we kind of joke, I, you gave me these gray hairs, so and so. You know. Well, you know, he's given us children. He's given us things to make our hair gray. And, and we have to recognize and be thankful. These are not problems. These are opportunities and blessings and responsibility. But young ones, younger people, focus on how much opportunity you have in this room and in this fellowship to learn and grow wise. 
And I would like to say to you saints, I think you know, but they do already value that. And, uh, you know, some of my boys are pretty psyched about going on a hike with Grandpa Renner this week. I think it's this week, right? Can't keep track of this. And, um, you know, my, my, my wife has said so many times she is so thankful for all of you because we have so much to learn from you. And she just speaks with such reverence of you all and how much we have to learn from you. So I'm preaching to myself, young people. I got plenty to learn. I'm kind of in that middle place, right, you know. And um, I want to encourage you, uh, elderly again, your witness to the young among other things, can be this. You can testify to the truth of Psalm 37, verse 25. We've got any, any folks concerned about how they're going to make their livelihood or other things, you can give a witness as you've been through those times, and you can say, let me just encourage you that Psalm 37 and 25 is true because it's the word of the Lord and because the Lord has proved it to be true in my life. I have been young and now am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I love to see how some of you uh, said amen and nodded your heads. I mean, isn't that an enormous witness and testimony you can give? Because aren't we all so prone to worry and fear, especially as we're younger? You can also give the testimony of what you sang this evening, Psalm 92, verses 12 to 14. You can just say, right here in your presence, right now in worship, I am a living testimony of these verses. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Remember, it's a psalm for the Sabbath day. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of of our God, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Also, A.A. Hodge writes this, uh, and I, I encourage you to think of it, especially with Leviticus 19.32 and the Proverbs we've looked at earlier. He says there is, you know, he's, he's speaking as one of the subject, right? There is something peculiarly lovely as well as venerable in the silvery locks and placid countenance of a good old man. There is in his countenance a chastened expression of benignity and sobriety, which long experience alone can produce. Well, I'm done sharing some review of A.A. Hodge, but I'd, I'd ask you this question especially to our more senior saints, do you feel like you missed out on your best years? Depending on maybe your own experience, you feel like you missed out on opportunities as it relates to starting with the Lord young, starting with the best places young. I know there's a number of you have have different experiences. I'd encourage you to remember Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8. And really, this is something... You young ones also should be thinking about and encouraged by and focusing on the most. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. The sermon message there was end well. End well. Whatever our beginnings are, whatever we've... We've lacked or 
missed or overlooked. End well. You got a late start on life, concerned that you're missing out on all these things. Others, others of your peers are way ahead of you, whatever it is. Malcolm Gladwell, in his book, What the Dog Saw, has a chapter that I recall that I really enjoy called Late Bloomers. And I'm not going to share the antidotes and the stories because it's too much to try to convey here, but you're welcome to ask me to copy it for you. In this article, this chapter, Late Bloomers, and he's pointing out a number of examples of people who later in life, all of a sudden, boom, very successful. He writes this, On the road to great achievement, the late bloomer will resemble a failure. A lot of those earlier years, it's like, what a failure. It's, nothing's happening, right? You know, I'm not measuring up to others. But then he says, once they knock it out of the park, he says, sometimes genius is anything but rarefied. Sometimes it's just the thing that emerges after 20 years of working at your kitchen table. That is summarizing one of the examples. 20 years working at the kitchen table till everything just got into the right place and the right people were there. And then all of a sudden, what a huge success, but it was 20 years toiling away at the kitchen table. You, know, you, can, you can think of a number of musicians and other walks of life they seem like overnight successes, but then they remind you of the 10 or 20 years they were grinding it out, paying their dues. And so much of, uh, of that ends up being uh, fodder for their work or uh, muse for their music, such as, uh, well, one of my favorites. I wasn't planning on speaking of this, but uh, I was thinking of another artist, but, uh, you know, Billy Joel, he's... You heard of him? You know, he's pretty, pretty well-known, a lot of good songs. And uh, I grew up listening to a lot of his music. But you know, he's got this one song he doesn't even think is that one of his favorites. He doesn't think it's that good, but it, it's one of his most famous ones. And he can stop singing in a concert, and the entire arena will sing it for him. And he came up with the song a couple hours north of here, trying to make it. In a dive of a bar, playing for tips. And he just decided to write about what he saw in his experience of 20 years, so to speak, working at the kitchen table. And now everyone is happy to sing a song with him, the piano man. Came out of the experience, came out of that long time of, am I ever going to make it? Is everything going to ever happen with this? It's all building. It's all accumulation of things. Keep at it wherever you are at, whatever season of life. Our example, as I mentioned to you, I believe this evening, uh, Miss Eleanor Friary, a lovely nonagenarian. I had to look that up. <laughs> In assisted living now, when we visited last week, it was, um, it was such a, a tremendous example to me. Uh, you know her limitations now and uh, what keeps her from being able to be with us here. But she was so excited when we read the end of Psalm 73 and she says, I want to memorize that. Like it wasn't, I think I might try to memorize that. It was like, I want to memorize that. 
And she wanted me to keep it open in her Bible uh, that I brought for her from her home. And I want to memorize that. And when I visit her again, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, a good thing to do for visitation is I'll work on it with her and memorize it with her and encourage her. Well, she just wants to memorize it. At this phase of her life, that's pretty exciting. And she has more time to do that. And don't think that that's any less significant than whatever we might do more publicly. I recall what uh, Francis Saver's wife, I think, said. I know I've shared it a number of times, but uh, they asked her, who do you think is the most important Christian on earth right now? And her answer is, excellent. I think you could almost say, maybe, maybe Eleanor Friary. She said, I don't know, but whoever it is, we don't know who they are. We've never heard of them, and we won't. Remember who the Lord noticed giving what they could. The widow, I have the sense, the older widow. She gave what she could. Beloved, may we all have this saintly mother excited after 90 years about the word of the Lord that she's heard so many times but just wanted to memorize it. Ooh, ooh, I want to memorize that. May we have her as our example to follow. Also, the example of Abraham and Sarah. When things finally took for them in their walk with the Lord. And may we have to follow uh, the example of Zechariah and Elizabeth. When it finally took for them in their old age. Serving the Lord. Getting a message about it while he served in the temple. And go see what it says about Elizabeth. May we follow the example of Simeon and Anna found in the temple in their latter years. The Lord honoring them according to their prayers with the coming of Christ. And may we follow and be motivated by the example of Reverend Jeff Thomas. A minister with more than 50 years pastoring the same church in Wales. I heard him interviewed this week with Theology on the Go for Place for Truth podcast. And they were interviewing Reverend Thomas because he recently produced an autobiography. Um, He kind of laughed and he was very, uh, uh, you know, I'm concerned it doesn't seem arrogant to do such a thing, but, you know, figure I have some things to share. And they're interviewing him about his autobiography and saying how much though they've never met him, his ministry has impacted them as ministers. One of them's a seminary president hosting this program. And they're talking with him about his, his autobiography as he's now retired in London. And he said in a very joyful, affable style, and I, I, won't, I won't even try to do the accent, uh, but he said this, and he's saying it in the context of for senior ministers who've been doing it a long time, I think it's definitely something to pass on to all of you. Certain words especially I want to share with you. Those serving the Lord in their later years. He said this, as someone like A.A. Hodge speaking of himself in the context, he says, don't give up. Keep going. He that endures to the end. May your last years be your best years. Keep studying. Keep reading. While you have a breath in your body, show men the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ and seek to attract them 
to him. This applies to all of us all the time, and only more every year as we draw closer to entering eternity. Dear aged ones, every time you make it to worship with the challenges that could hold you back, and you clearly love the Lord and want to be here with the same conviction as a new convert, a new young convert, you inspire us all. And I know the young folks here with me would say, Amen. Can I have an Amen? Say it loud enough to be registered on the mic. Amen. amen. And as it were, we stand, in a, we stand at attention to your honor. And as Jesus said of the woman who poured oil on his head and feet, leave her alone. It's enough. She's done what she could. The message for you on that sermon, love Jesus and do what you can. Beloved aged and beloved late bloomers, and all of us who feel behind where you'd like to be by now, or wish you had a better start on life and living for the Lord, do not despair, but keep your hand to the plow and your eyes on Christ with this lovely call of motivation from Reverend Thomas, and I repeat from the quote, may your last years... Be your best years. And I just really wanted to pass that on to you from that message this week. May your last years be your best years. And why can't they be? And they always should be. They might be different. They can be your best. And if you don't mind my singling you out, I won't turn the mic on you. I know you didn't want it, uh, Mrs. Corson, but... uh, I think I see a little bit of gray, but you are so youthful in your exuberance for the Lord, and you've just been encouraging us all, and there's such a youthful movement happening in this church, because there's all this youthful excitement in the Lord, it's particularly something that encourages and motivates and strengthens us who are younger when it's from the aged. You know, that's not the time where everybody's, I'm done now, I can just, no, I wouldn't, what's next? What can I do with what I'm capable of? Beloved, this is the message for you this evening. And I give it to you with uh, Psalm 71, verse 18 of view, in view again before we close. Now, also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Beloved, is that not a prayer that you can say for yourselves at your season of life, applying the prayer of Jabez that we just studied recently? And God honors that prayer. And so he'll honor yours. May your last years be your best years. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, we do thank you for these words to encourage all of us to keep our hand to the plow and to serve you uh, in and out of season and into the season of older age and gray hair. And to know that the end of a thing is better than the beginning of it. And we ask that you would help us to end well and indeed make our last years our best. And we don't know when our last years are. They could be this year. Help us to redeem the time and make the best of it. And every year that you graciously give us until the moment in a certain year where you come back to take us, 
or where you take us to heaven as we wait for the resurrection. Bless us, O Lord, in our service to you. Establish thou the work of our hands in every phase and every generation of our lives. And indeed, give us an impact as we work together, as we are working so hard to build a foundation for future generations. Oh, Lord, bless it, we pray, as the psalm prays. Oh, Lord, let us be able to show your power to everyone that is to come. We pray this through Jesus Christ, through whom we can do all things, who strengtheneth us. And all your people said, especially the aged, Amen.